A member of a religious cult approached Ralph Waldo Emerson one day and proclaimed that the world was going to end in 10 days. Emerson calmly replied, well, no doubt we will get on very well without it. <laughs> this glib remark reveals much of the core beliefs in the Transcendentalist Club, a short-lived gathering of poets, philosophers, free thinkers, and some Unitarian ministers in the Boston area in the mid-19th century. The club was a meeting place and organizing ground for a new idealism fueled by a lively critique of American culture and society at the time. The name Transcendentalist Club was coined by the public and was meant as a slight to these vibrant thinkers who were dissatisfied with the staid intellectualism and tired conclusions of established philosophies and spiritualities, including their own faith, Unitarianism. Well, no doubt we will get on very well without it, could mean many things. Emerson was steeped in the idealism of a new world, so the end of the world as we know it would have suited him just fine. Or he might have meant that one might try and think for oneself rather than spout an ancient grave warning of demise. Nonconformity is essential to come to a sense of life and of truth that one might follow, rather than borrowing the found truths of others. One of Emerson's essays that helped spark the seeking of like-minded intellectual explorers was entitled Nature. Probably many of you know this. It was written in 1836. And here are some words from his introduction. The foregoing generations beheld God and nature face to face, we through their eyes. Why should not we also enjoy an original relation to the universe? Why should not we have a poetry and philosophy of insight and not of tradition and a religion by revelation to us and not the history of theirs? embosomed for a season in nature whose floods of life stream around and through us and invite us by the powers they supply to action proportioned to nature, why should we grope among the dry bones of the past or put the living generation into masquerade out of its faded wardrobe? The sun shines today also. There's more wool and flax in the fields. There are new lands, new men, new thoughts. Let us demand our own works and laws and worship." End quote. One of the most uniquely and influential American movements of thought and philosophy having arisen within the early forming of the United States is transcendentalism. It's a trend of thought that influenced social reform, ideals of democracy and individualism, and revolutionary religious sensibility that has influenced great thinkers and reformers to this day. The wisdom of Ralph Waldo Emerson, Henry David Thoreau, Margaret Fuller, Bronson Alcott, Walt Whitman, Theodore Parker, Emily Dickinson, and Elizabeth Peabody, to name a few, nurtured and inspired a dynamic worldview 
that challenge the individual to examine her or his own knowing and to respond to life as an adventure, a gift, in which our potential can blossom if we choose the path of authenticity and welcome a direct relationship with the imminent divine, the sense of the sacred in our ways and walking, imminent being in our lives, moving in our lives. Transcendentalism was birthed by Unitarian Christianity, but pushed beyond its borders to include the divinity of nature, experience, and intuition, giving a whole new sense of God and of self and of our place in the world. This new spirituality lived outside of established religious doctrine, established ritual and tradition. Transcendentalism promoted what has often been coined as religious free thinking. Emerson was going to go into the ministry, but he left it because he just couldn't do the rituals of the time. But this gifted worldview spread beyond Unitarian circles and sensibilities, especially in the field of social reform. Frederick Douglass lectured in Concord and Boston at that time and met Emerson, Thoreau, William Ellery Channing, and Theodore Parker, promoting much of the sensibilities of individual responsibility and the movement of the sacred in our lives. Mahatma Gandhi and Martin Luther King, Jr., embraced the influence of transcendentalist thought, especially Thoreau, in their life work for social reform, civil disobedience, as did countless advocates in the 20th century for gender equality, religious freedom, and global citizenry. Knowledge of the power of the individual and of the divine life energy within burst through the frontier of early American thought to answer the longing for a new philosophy to serve a new nation. Transcendentalism was also spurred on by the Unitarian argument against Calvinism and its theology of a judgmental, punishing God that reigned over inherently sinful humans who had little chance of salvation. Transcendentalism countered this pessimistic and fatalistic theology with a faith in potential and innate wisdom, advancing the sensibility of sacred energy in the ordinary. Professor Ashton Nichols of Dickinson College summarized the broad brush of thought that can be found in transcendentalism. Transcendentalism endeavors a search for truth that might be true at all times in all places. The belief that evidence for such a spiritual truth might be found in and through the physical world. And the idea that each individual has the capacity to experience this truth in a personal way. It follows with this logic that there is a divine force in each individual. A force that is also linked to nature and has the power to transform lives as well as social institutions. This was an extremely radical way of looking at our place in the cosmos and our potential for sacred living. It even proved radical amongst New England Unitarians, many of whom chose to distance themselves and even tried to discredit colleagues who went too far away from traditional views of church, God, and Jesus. It is said that when Henry David Thoreau was near death, he was urged to make peace with God. 
I didn't know that we had ever quarreled, <laughs> he replied. Though radical in one sense, this uniquely American trend of thought came from streams of thought that date back as far as written history. The Transcendental Club members studied the sacred texts of Buddhism and Hinduism. They perused Confucius and Plato and gathered the wisdom of English Romantic writers, German philosophers, and Christian mystics. And although it's rarely spoken of in connection with Transcendentalism, I offer that the sister spirituality of Celtic and pagan traditions were alive in the collective consciousness, in the honoring of the divinity in nature and vast, indescribable essence of life that manifests in many ways. The term transcendentalism may have come from Immanuel Kant, German philosopher who called all knowledge transcendental, which is concerned not with objects, but with our mode of knowing objects. This knowledge dips into what some English romantic writers referred to as cosmic understanding, a knowing of life beyond our sensory experience, a unifying spiritual energy that we can tap into through our intuition or our instinct. The search and dialogue of these rebel theorists was for a truth that had been true for all time, thus longer than the truth of Christianity or any other historicized religion, which have limits in response to this ever-changing, ever-emerging world. Emerson in 1837 wrote, we will walk on our own feet. We will work with our own hands. We will speak our own minds. A nation of men will for the first time exist because each believes himself inspired by the divine soul, which also inspires all men. Margaret Fuller couldn't quite get him to get to the non-inclusive language. but <laughs> The thinking was that if we are to be an original nation, we must dare to honor our original selves within a world and universe that has an organizing principle beyond our full com comprehension, but is in our knowing, is in our intuition. It's unfortunate that these idealistic explorers of truth disregarded the spiritual sensibilities of Native Americans that were kind of all around them. While transcendentalists admired writers from India, China, and Europe, Native American wisdoms contained spiritualities that could have informed their reverence, born of the land they were actually in. And that's my own thought. Transcendentalists challenged the world of Unitarianism and American religion in general to come into its authentic presence, urging those who believe to bear true witness to the particular take on the miracle of life and their relationship to this creation and whatever they deem the creator. Reading through some of the texts of the Times, I realized it was essentially no different than reading contemporary texts of spirituality that speak to the power of now, mindfulness, or soul journeys. There truly is nothing new under the sun, for much of what the transcendentalists spoke of came from the same stream of wisdom that inspired mystics, philosophers, and folk of wisdom traditions far back, even before recorded history. Came to. This, of course, was part of the argument of transcendentalism 
that there is a wisdom, a knowing that pervades all being, which is ours to discover and embrace so that we can live in harmony with the miracle of existence and dwell in the peaceable kingdom, the heaven on earth, the flow of eternity. This very idealistic way of looking at our beliefs and our abilities of the potential of humanity in relationship with creation. What transcendentalists are transcending to come to our sacred knowledge for the trappings of control, human creative dogma is what they're transcending, and systems of thought that keep us from welcoming the new, fresh responses that we were born to give. Our authentic, intuitive responses cannot be described or categorized or codified by others nor can we dictate to others how to respond. We share our insights as co-equals on the journey toward understanding, companioning one another through dialogue, reflection, silence, study, and service toward the evolution of wisdom and the welcome of epiphany, or a larger sense of cosmic truth. The work of transcendence also includes moving beyond what is false and fear-based in our dealings with one another and with life itself. Greed, selfishness, tyranny, pride, guilt, shame, terror, self-pity, cruelty, gluttony, and countless other manifestations of fear and false notions of ourselves enter into our daily lives and our religious systems. And it is us who need to transcend such ways of being. As Theodore Parker preached in 1841, that which is permanent, true for all time, transcends any system of thought we have attached ourselves to. Idolatry of the Bible, dogma, or any God image keeps us from spiritual truth. Worthy religion, then, brings us to our authentic selves provides guideposts away from falsehoods and fears to find the fullness of life in all its majesty, in all its healing, in all its transforming, inspiring glory. So if your intuition is telling you that the world is coming to an end, perhaps it's inviting you to see things with a fresh eye and a pioneering spirit. Perhaps it's telling you that something within your knowing can help bring about the change that needs to take place. Believe in what you have been born with, the transcendentalists would say. It is the stuff that sings the glory of the world. So may it be. Amen. <clears throat>